All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us at howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will make you cut your own hand off. I like it. And now, Howler Pod. Oh! A hand is a peasant's tool. A gold's tool is his mind. Were you of better breeding, you may have realized this sacrifice means so very little to me. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to HowlerPod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers! It's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Who are we studying today? Atreus A. Augustus. The jackal. The jackal. Cannibal of our series. <laughs> Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't eat our counterparts. <laughs> Adrius Augustus, a.k.a. the Jackal, is a gold, a peerless scarred, and the former arch-governor of Mars. He's the son of Nero Augustus. Rise! Rise! And the fraternal twin of Virginia Augustus, a.k.a. Mustang. What's up, girl? His epitaph, the Jackal, was given to him by Lilith during the Institute. Mommy. Mommy Lilith. <laughs> Mom vibes. In which he turned to cannibalism from months of starvation while trapped within some mountain caves. I mean, they did it in Life of Pi. I feel like you can't really blame him. <laughs> Lots of people eat people when they're starving. Spoilers, Life of Pi, apparently. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's I like an eight-year-old movie. I didn't say anything. <laughs> it's implied. And a book. Adrius is a thin man of middling height with dead eyes, oily blonde hair, and a cold, calculating charisma. He has a stump on his right hand because he sawed it off in order to escape Darrow during their first confrontation. And that's when Darrow was like, oh shit, these people are crazy. <laughs> Adrius is a very complicated character. He sees little value in anything other than achieving his goals, yet he still longs for his father's approval. Maybe he just wanted to get his own chance to say, rise <laughs> with dad. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's all it would have taken. Play a little catch. Dad, can I say rise just one time? He's like, no, you'll never say rise. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my laboratory. <laughs> that's what you sound like. <laughs> For all of you young people, I'm quoting Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> Uh, Adrius, like his sister, is shown to possess a high intellect and a penchant for politics. He's an adept deceiver and planner, often one step ahead of his opponents and willing to make substantial sacrifices as he sees fit. However, he is known to be volatile and at times emotionally driven rather than logically, unlike his sister. His hubris has been his greatest weakness on multiple occasions. Adrius does not have the same loyalty to his family as his sister does. He's only loyal as long as it serves him some kind of reward, which for much of his life was the possibility of his father's favor. He chose the wrong dad to try to impress. <laughs> for this reason, he kills his older brother, Claudius, and eventually kills his father, Nero. That's the way you get his approval. You kill him! <laughs> Adrius denounces morals as hypocritical, and at one point, Virginia comments that he doesn't see people as people, but just as sacks of flesh at his disposal. Sounds like a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Despite 
this. He seems to crave affection and approval, often desiring it from his father, whom he idolized for most of his life. Adrius is deeply angered by his father, preferring a, quote, carved up red for a son than himself. Rude. Also very (laughs) space races. He's also shown to be very obsessive over people who have wronged him and to those he wants to have approval from. This is shown from how after Adrius captures Darrow after the events in Golden Sun and he tortures him, puts him in a table, whatnot. He's also shown to keep him protect what he's entitled to um, as he claims he would never use the nukes on Mars but was willing to burn Luna to gain the rank and power of Sovereign from Octavia. So he's a Martian man. And are we familiar with the story? Do you feel like we need to recap it? We were in the Institute. He ate some people. And then... Cut his hand off. And killed he, Pax. Virginia wrapped him up naked, gave yep. him to Darrow. He lost. He lost. Golden Sun, he gets rich and takes... He kills Pax for no reason. Let's back up and just point that out. <laughs> just stabs him. I can't, like, why He's trying you, to kill Darrow and Pax sacrificed a, himself. Why are you allowed to kill people in this children's game? Well, he was, trying to, kill, he was trying to kill Darrow. I know why. Right. I'm just saying, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, are you like allowed to kill people? Like, obviously you can kill people. If I believe fl- at one point Fitchner says they're like, there is a certain number that they're okay with. Okay. Well, yeah. that's just, it, you know, obviously they're, <laughs> they're killing everyone, you know, before you even get there. But like, <laughs> it just seemed cruel to me for some reason. Anyways. Um, and then this world cruel. I just dang. You know, yeah. I was feeling sympathy. <laughs> okay, not for Ulysses. Caught you on a soft day, but for the kids in the <laughs> institute. <laughs> um, yeah. So then he goes on to um, become super rich and control the media. Basically, controls the media. He defeats his father. He captures Darrow. Yeah, he kind of teams box. up with Darrow for a while. This is a horrible recap because we keep jumping backwards and forwards. He kind of teams up with Darrow and then he tricks Darrow and he puts him in a box. Puts him in a box. It's Darrow in a box. <laughs> he also kills Lorne. Kills Lorne, kills Fitchner. Um, and then... Technically, Cassius killed Fitcher. And then he eventually gets what's coming to him. Virginia pulls his feet because she's a good sister. Yep. And then he comes back. And now he's back as a clone, 10-year-old boy, with a weird relationship to his mom. Okay, so now we're... Uh, we're back with the clone, and he's captured Severo, um, but his sister got away. But he's replaced his father, his need for his father's approval with his need for Virginia's approval. Right. I mean, that could change since she threw a poisonous flower at him, but we'll see. Still annoyed with Lilith, and he has his puppy dog, Publius, that he's using to control what's left of the Republic government on Luna. He seems more, um, obviously he's, the clone is still space racist, but he also seems like elitist. Like he only thinks Virginia is like as smart as him. Yeah. Like he looks down on all of his bone riders for being idiots. So. Well, they are. So. Well, yeah. (laughs) No, that seems like, that's pretty typical Adrius trait, I would think. Because he's, you know, thinks he's better than everyone constantly. But maybe not Virginia. Yeah, I mean, his twin. All right, that's enough musing. Let's get into the historical connections from Heather. Yes, historical connections from Heather. She was great on the episode last week. Thanks again for coming on, Heather. Hopefully she still wants to be our friends. I think so. I think And so. write awesome research <laughs> for us. Yes, we're definitely going to need her to at least <laughs> keep sending us these emails. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Heather says, I really thought we were done with this dude, but of course Abominadrius had to pop up in Dark Age. I've already written a lot about the insanity of the Julio-Claudian dynasty, but in returning to House Augustus and more specifically to Adrius Augustus, there's simply no getting around the historical parallels. As the last male heir of Archgovernor Augustus, The Jackal's character echoes that of Emperor Nero, the last of the Julio-Claudians. Both were involved in eliminating siblings who potentially threatened their acquisition of their father's empires. When their respective parents obstructed their designs, Nero and the Jackal alike resorted to murder. 
the similarity with which each addressed familial dilemmas just serves to highlight the overarching likeness of their personalities as homicidal sociopaths with a flair for drama. Makes for good reading. <laughs> Looking past more obvious connections, the name Adrius has a phonetic potential. In Greek mythology, the house of Atreus was the seat of power responsible for mobilizing the fiefdoms scattered across ancient Greece when presented with a common interest or enemy. The jackal certainly assumed that role after the triumph in Golden Sun, rallying society supporters behind his efforts to obliterate Darrow and the sons of Ares. However, the house of Atreus has a much less glorious past than its eventual dominance would suggest, tracing its roots to Tantalus, king of Lydia. To test the omniscience of the Olympians, Tantalus murdered and successfully disguised his own son as Meat Stew. <laughs> what? For a divine banquet. Understandably, the gods were furious and chose to condemn Tantalus to eternal punishment in Tartarus, where he was to be forever surrounded by water he could never drink and food he could never reach. That is my personal hell. (laughs) 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 Tough look for Tantalus. When the jackal stooped to cannibalism in the Institute in an effort to stay in the game, the Proctor gods were similarly appalled. But rather than interfere and exact worthy retribution, they continued to aid Adrius in cheating. The dichotomy in the responses of respective authority figures to similar moral violations could explain why Darrow, far more than the jackal, suffers Tantalian punishment. The inherent injustice built into the society fails to properly fault Adrius for his crimes, instead creating corrupt paths for him to ascend to higher and higher positions of power. This influence, in turn, facilitated Darrow's box torture, the banquet symbolism of which should not be lost on readers. Like Tantalus, Darrow was trapped in a purgatory, just inches away from food, light, and life, but unable to grasp them. Sharing linguistic ancestry with Hadrian and Adriatic, Adrius literally means dark, clearly a fitting adjective to describe Darrow's torture, but more so the jackal himself. Damn. She's so good. She's so good. Moving on to his nickname, the Jackal is notoriously associated with sly destruction. Lesser known, however, is the animal's association with Anubis or Anpu, the ancient Egyptian god of the underworld. Anubis was often depicted as a human man with the head of a jackal, perfectly encapsulating Adrius's strange lack of humanity and unique willingness to sacrifice for greater gains, traits that made him a shoe-in for House Pluto, the Roman god of the dead. While Anubis reigned over the underworld, he was forced to share his dominion with Osiris, who later overshadowed him, much like Darrow outshone the jackal. Last but not least, it's worth mentioning that Adrius was a fraternal twin, a biological expression of the yin and yang seen again and again in Greek mythology, where one twin is good, the other evil. The jackal's affinity for Mustang and vice versa comes... Back to the science behind spending nine months in the womb together, even when large philosophical differences create relational rifts. Thus, Abominadrius's familial attraction to Mustang could possibly be utilized to change his allegiances and align his interests with those of the Solar Republic. After Virginia tried to poison him, Adrius may not worship her anymore, but it sure would be nice to have one fewer enemy. Agreed. It would be nice to have one fewer bad guy in this goddamn story. Wouldn't it be nice if not everyone was (laughs) trying to kill us? (laughs) Thank you, Heather. As always, fucking gold. Excellent. Let's move on to our legacy section. All right. Let's talk legacy. This is a big one here. Yes, because he came fucking back. (laughs) This would be a dead end if Pierce didn't fuck with us so much. How incredibly surprising that was. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we don't have enough to deal with. It was. It was a lot. Especially because it happened so quickly after the day of Red Doves. Yeah. We get lots of people squished. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, and there's this little turd. (laughs) 
And Mustang's like, the fuck? (laughs) She can't move. I'm also like, the fuck? Let's talk about how Adrius evolves the original Adrius. Yeah, so I feel like in each book, he's actually kind of the different character. It's kind of interesting. He definitely plays a different role in each of the three books. Like, in the first book, he's like this very kind of spooky. He's boogeyman like he's on the other side of the map yeah they got the bones institute. in their hair right and there's just people talking about him and everybody's like some shit went down in the south nobody has any clue is it south yeah and uh where the fuck is pluto actually, is it even a planet <laughs> i was actually reading the book the other night so <laughs> i was doing my research that's me too, cool me too yeah um yeah so they're like what the hell is going on down south all they know is like med bots are flying down there and this creepy girl's riding up there on horses with, you know, teeth in their hair, which is totally cool. Fashionable. <laughs> right. And she's kind of creeping everybody out. She's got fingers missing. And he's, like, really just talked about. He's not the main enemy that Daryl's fighting. Because the main enemy, I think, in the original books is more like the Proctors. And, like, his immediate enemies, which was, right. like, Titus and Cassius. Antonia. And Tonya. Yeah, yeah, like the people who are actually trying to kill him not far away. Right. So he's an enemy to Darrow, but he's definitely not the main enemy. And he's kind of like this guy that's hanging over the whole competition in the Institute. Well, Daryl knows, like, I'm eventually going to have to defeat the Jackal. Right. But he doesn't know how. First, he's going to have to figure out how to beat the Proctors because he figures out that the Proctors are helping the Jackal win the game. So uh, once they confront each other... And Darrow, like, actually learns, like, who this motherfucker is. It becomes a lot more real. Thanks for telling me, Mustang. (laughs) What about all of our nights together in the cave? (laughs) Right. And I was trying to think back to my original reading of this book, like, the first couple times I read it. I think this twist got me a couple times where it's like Lucian comes out of house, I think it's Juno. And it's actually the jackal, but he's like faking oh. being another person. He's like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, and Darrow like figures it out, and they all act like they are drunk and fall asleep. And then Darrow, that's when Darrow slams the knife into his hand on the table and stuff, and have that whole confrontation. There's like this really creepy wave that goes over the jackal after he gets his hand pinned yeah, to the he, table. He he loses the Lucian cover story. Right, and then he has this like extremely cold like dead his dead eyes come out and he's like a completely different person and he's under control with like a huge knife in his hand <laughs> and then he just decides to cut his hand off which was insane the and first Darryl's time like, I should i stop this? <laughs> yeah i love that part when he's just like i completely underestimated this dude you know what daryl should have done <laughs> he should have killed him <laughs> like once motherfucker starts cutting off his hand he should be like right. no I don't think so. And just stabbed him in the throat. So we're like starting to understand the depths that Adrius will go to be victorious. But even then, we still don't know the full depth. Yeah. So he's much more, um, instead of like a a straight up opponent for Darrow, he's much more of just kind of a specter over the whole institute and somebody that we know is going to, we're going to have to deal with later on as well. And so then we get into Golden Sun, and it's weird because he becomes an ally. Well, a sneaky, fake ally. Right. On Darrow's part. Right. And obviously the Jackal finds out, and then it starts playing Darrow back. So then they're playing each other. Yep. And the Jackal had captured Harmony, who sold everyone out. What a bitch. She got what was coming. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they're quote-unquote like allies for like, three quarters of the book i mean it's interesting i remember there was a point when i was reading golden sun for the first time where i was like i bought in i was like maybe okay like pierce is doing something different here and this jackal guy is like not the villain that i thought he was you know at first but Severo never bought in yeah. and everyone trusts Severo. sure I mean, I'm not saying I'm not dumb. (laughs) (laughs) If Severo says no, then we should say no. I'm clearly very dumb. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I bought that hook, line, and seeker. And it was tough. 
rereading it now, you see all the signs. You're right, just like, right. you're just like, no, Daryl, please don't do that. But and then he keeps doing it every time you reread right. it. Right, reading this book uh, for the first time, I think I was pulled in by the jackal's charisma and his silver tongue. And th- but in Golden Sun, this is when we learn a lot more about him than we did in Red Rising, because in Red Rising, he was the boogeyman. But now we find out who he really is, which right. is even worse. Yes. So we learn he um, killed his own brother. We see him kill Leto. Yep. That was sad. And we get that great moment where Daryl's the only person that's That seen knows. Yeah, he's killed Leto. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit. And I Leto mean, was like yeah. the golden boy for his dad. Right. Who, he was basically like the new Claudius. Yes. And the jackals like give him in the the numbing dart. What's it called? Yeah, it's like a poison dart or whatever. <laughs> Blow dart. The limp dart. Yeah. <laughs> where you can't fight back. Trank tranquilizer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know the limp dart? That's what he gets. Um and 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 Darrow's like, oh shit, I should not be fucking with this dude. He's yeah. gonna give me the limp dart. And then I'm gonna get my head cut off. And then he continues to fuck with that dude. Right. Well which is just Daryl got what he deserved, which was getting <laughs> put in a box. Come on, Daryl. We also, in that sequence and throughout Golden Sun, learn the depth of the Jackal's need for his father's approval. That's basically like why he's doing everything he's doing. We learn that his dad like set him out on the rocks to die of exposure as a baby. Which, why didn't that work? <laughs> exactly. Let's That's go back to question. like the weather forecast, <laughs> Nero. Like, why didn't you check to make sure? That definitely should have worked. Like, and also, who's checking on him? Like, why didn't they just leave him out there until? Until, or like never check on him. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, who's going He's back? probably out there like strangling birds and eating them raw. I'm just like, who's going back to be like, yeah, I think we should go check on that, that baby alive. that we left on the outside three days ago. Also, <laughs> think about it. They were twins. So they were like, oh, Mustang, you get to stay inside. We don't like this other one. I'm just saying, if I left a baby outside for three days, I wouldn't go back and check on it. Because you're a coward. <laughs> you got to look at that dead body, make sure he's dead. And clearly he didn't die. So then the decision, I guess, was to bring him back. And then also, that's who told him? <laughs> yeah. Like, once you, exactly. once you live, don't tell your baby you tried to kill them. Yeah, you can really just let that go. Just pretend. Oh, yeah, you were. <laughs> look at these videos. We love you. Look how We've happy you were. always loved you. <laughs> we're just trying to create a psychopath. <laughs> really, yeah, you should not have told him that either. They should have Ulysses him. <laughs> oh, Lordy. It's gotten real. All right. We're moving on. We're moving off the dead babies. Or not dead babies in this case. <laughs> yes, the undead babies. Also see that he can't get over it, so then he kills Nero. Right. So either kill your baby or don't. <laughs> but don't leave it you know, out there and don't tell the baby because then the baby will grow up and kill you. Right. Well, yeah, it's that inability to give her the fact that his father's really just never going to approve of him. Also, Nero was a dick, and also, I'm glad that he died. Sure. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that, too. Kill your daddy, Jackal. Do it. Just not the way it all went down, where Oof. it was like, also, Darrow got fucked in that situation, too. That's a good Not point. great. So, at this point, because he can't get over his daddy issues, he fully graduates at this point into, like, a James Bond villain. We've talked about this before, but, like, he's <laughs> full on. And Ben, this must be hard for you because you love James Bond. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's great for me, actually. He's, I mean, he turns into Ernst Stavro Blofeld. (laughs) What was that name? Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Is that a Russian person? He's basically competent Dr. Evil. Okay. Yeah. And not with a bald cat. Well, he's the, he is. (laughs) That's. Dr. Evil is based on Blofeld. Okay. And they that look exactly the same. Nice. Bald head, scar down the side of their face. They each oh. have cats. I mean, I've seen Austin Powers a lot, but I've That's not... That's actually a true parody of I've a, not of seen a Bond all of villain. the James Bonds. <laughs> yeah. You only live twice. That doesn't make sense. In the Jackal's case, though, it does make <laughs> sense. <laughs> That's the name of the James Bond movie. That's the name of the Jackal's story. It's true. Okay, so... Um, He's a James Bond villain. He's living up in Attica in his lair. Yeah. Now in Morningstar, he's fully graduated into this like evil 
villain, you know, with videos demanding millions of dollars, basically, and that type of thing. This is where, what he's become. And blowing shit up. One million dollars. That's who he's become at this point. He's kind of a caricature of himself. And Darrow's still <laughs> being like, what's up, dude? Well, he's like torturing people. He's giving them long, you know, boring speeches about how great he is. He's being really fucking weird, keeping Darrow inside of a table. I mean, Jackal's like really feeling himself and by the time we get to Morningstar. So with each book, we see that he's willing to go like to a deeper level to basically win. And to the first be book, the villain. Right. He's going to cut his hand off. And the second book, he's willing to kill his own father to become the arch governor of Mars, which he probably wasn't going to become if he doesn't kill Nero. And then in the third book, we're seeing that he's literally willing to keep an entire moon, Luna, hold it hostage so that he can become sovereign. Yes. So it's like each he's, one is like a deeper level to, of evil and terribleness. He's willing to release nukes yes. on everybody if if he is captured or gets And hurt. even then, that's still like a shocking reveal at that point, I feel like. Because like, I was still surprised that the Jackal was like even willing to go with like that, like full on genocide of millions of people in order to get his way. And I mean... Obviously, Octavia was a very bad woman, but she wasn't as, I don't think, as crazy as the Jackal. She was more like just a cold, calculated bitch. Right. He's like actually a psychopath and well, like acts acts a certain way to like get people to like him. Sure. Uh, that's a great point. His hubris, his need for just like revenge, his need to like own the other person you know just like i showed you i'm better than you like that's here's his a, whole thing here's a maze mustang <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's really what holds him back and it's really ultimately his weakness and that's what costs him his entire plan is he's got to give like the villain speeches he's got to kill darrow with severo's gun he's got to have all this flair for the dramatic involved because he loves that part of it and it all is stemmed from not feeling loved. <laughs> yeah, just love your kids, you know? And don't jump off a cliff and kill yourself <laughs> and leave your <laughs> leave your kid to their evil father right. to be unloved. At this point, by the end of Morningstar, he gives one too many, you know, long villain speeches. He underestimates Darrow for the first time, really. Darrow un- like spent most of the first three books underestimating the Jackal. Right. And finally for once the jackal underestimates darrow and darrow's plan and he's able to pull it off and that's really i think what makes the jackal such a perfect foil for darrow he's not this big strong fighter guy you know that would be able to go toe-to-toe with him in a razor duel but he's basically a fucking nerd with you know silver tongue and which gets ripped out Daryl can't just go right through him. He's got to figure out a way to best him. And it makes Daryl, you know, better in the process. He has to out actually outmaneuver like one of the smartest people in the solar system in order to beat him. And he does. With a little help from his friends. With a lot of help from his <laughs> friends. <laughs> All right. So obviously um, the Jackal graduates. And then eventually dies. <laughs> right. And then he's got this. But he doesn't just die. Just like any good evil villain, he's got a full on backup plan. He's he's uh, <laughs> Han Solo in the cryogenic <laughs> tank or whatever. That's not what's That's going on That's not what's here. happening. No. <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> outmaneuvered again. If you want to go Star Wars reference, you'd have to go episode two, Attack of the Clones. Uh, get it go to Camino and clone himself that's a planet in star wars a Camino, (laughs) also known as a kimono is it Mm. a garment um they have very long necks caminos okay fuck you're such a nerd (laughs) so um i can't even talk right now so the jackal we think is gone but he again outmaneuvers us so not only was one contingency plan the nukes to hold 
the planet hostage until he was released. Once they got that figured out and killed him, then he's like, oh, wait, but I had another <laughs> contingency plan. I've cloned myself. And that was for Lilith to be my mommy. <laughs> also, yeah, she should not have survived. That was bullshit. I hate the whole, like, oh, my ship went down and I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, that's like, tough. Follow, follow the crashing ship and make sure everyone dies. Let's make sure it explodes, like big explosion. And look around, make sure they didn't <laughs> eject yeah. or have pulse armor Check on. Check those escape pods. Yeah, we got to do a and better not job only the good following up on that. Customer service. Like, just the good, the good guys aren't following the plane crashes to completion, but the bad guys aren't either. Like, they don't follow <laughs> Ephraim down. That's true. You know, uh, Daryl crashes in on the ice. He gets away. <laughs> Obviously, the other plane crashes too. But still, <laughs> like, follow these plane crashes. People are not dying in them. <laughs> this has been People a PSA. People are a lot of space crashes, like a spaceship crashes. Right. You know? That's kind of... Uh, I don't know about that. Looks like... Uh, <laughs> These planes are built differently anyway, than ours. We've got Abominadrius now, and I have no idea what's going to happen with him. This is getting more into prediction territory. but So I really hope Heather is on the right track with him possibly at least having coming to our side enough that Mustang can manipulate him to possibly release a non-brain-diddled Severo. Right. He's still such a little psychopath, though. Like, I can't ever see him, like, actually joining up. Well, no, you, you have to kill him, put him on the rocks. <laughs> put that little baby bitch on the rocks. <laughs> but, like, possibly Mustang can outmaneuver him enough to, like, pretend that he's with us. Kind of like Darrow did with the original Jack. Right. I feel like they'll be able to better manipulate a 10-year-old boy than they will... You know, grown up Adrius. Well, and uh, Abomin Adrius has grown up with Bone Riders like worshiping him. It's different. And Lilith um, worshiping him, and not like he hasn't been like forged in the fire. Right. She's like been he telling did. him that he's the smartest person in the solar right, system. Right. But he, he, he's never been challenged with an the actual smartest person, Mustang. Right. And he doesn't have that like fiery hate for himself that Adrius had because his, he didn't have his dad's approval. Right. Yeah. He had too much approval. Right. He's had love. So he's a spoiled brat now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how much it changes him. Is that one I just really don't know what's gonna happen there. We'll see. Uh you have to give me a prediction. My prediction is that um Mustang and Victor are gonna go try to break Severo free. Mustang's gonna have to face her little dick of a brother again. And um Victor's going to kill Lilith. Please, please let that be true. And <laughs> Somebody then, does. And then Mustang will be like, it's okay, little brother. I love you. And then he'll be like, okay. And drop his, you know, pulse rifle. And then Mustang will be like, just kidding. And have to kill him. <laughs> oh, I like that. Give him the old Kansas City shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> What's your prediction? I am going to go the opposite way. I think he's going to be a bigger and bigger problem. And continuously fuck stuff up. And also he's gonna join with like the real baddies? Eventually. But I think he also hates them because he just kinda hates everybody. He's a little brat. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's just gonna like continuously be a monkey wrench in the entire situation and try and gum it up as much as possible. Uh eventually he's gonna get got though. And I hope it's by Sebro. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Let's move on to, we've already done predictions, so let's do fan casting. Okay, my favorite um, fan cast is the actor Harry Lloyd, who, by the way, is the great, great, great grandson of Charles Dickens, the famous author. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Harry Lloyd is Khaleesi's brother in Game of Thrones, Viserys Targaryen. Great actor. Um, and he's a little bitch who needs to get got. <laughs> So therefore, he's the jackal. My fan casting is Dane DeHaan, the guy with the weird eyes, the like weird sunken eyes. What's he in? Uh, like Chronicle, Spider-Man 2. 
Oh, yeah. That's also a really good one. He just looks like such a bad guy. And he's got that like really sinister look on his face because he's got really sleepy, sunken eyes. But he can also play the nice guy. Like No, I've seen him in movies where he's supposed to be the good guy and just does not work. Really? Yeah, it's bad casting. He looks he looks nice in this photo. <laughs> he's not nice. Well, Viserys Targaryen also cannot look nice. <laughs> he's so he's so sneery. Yeah, he's a little whiner. Little Blech. He deserves gold dumped on his head. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's also a really good book narrator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He narrated Game of Thrones, right? Uh, one of the one of them. spinoff novels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's our fan cast. What's up? All right. Let's move on to the Prime 5. Our top five best character moments for Adrius Augustus. Number five. This is... The moment we're in his James Bond lair in Attica. Yes. And Daryl's come to present like a gift. He gives him like a scepter or something. Let's first talk about the scenery. We're up in the mountains. Yeah, it's like on a ski resort. It's at the top of the mountains. Lots of glass. Beautiful views. Yeah. Like super exclusive, very uh, evil lair-esque, but like not like a rich, gaudy one. On Her Majesty's Secret Service vibes, if you if you know your James Bond. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hanging out up there on the mountains, looking out the glass. Daryl comes, he rolls in because he's found out that Harmony and Mickey and Evie got caught yes. by the jackal. And so Daryl rolls in, he's got the howlers strapped to the outside of the ship. They're like got ghost cloaks on, they're gonna come in and break harmony and evie and mickey out and darrow's come there to like present a gift and the sons of aries quote unquote show up take them like you know what happens they like break in and shoot at darrow and jackal whatever and steal the prisoners but they don't kill anyone they don't kill anybody which is suspect and then we get this great moment where the jackal is just like slamming his head into the wall because he's like so pissed off. Yes. And Daryl's just like, what the? F- also, have you ever seen anyone do this on? or even like punch a wall? It's like, <laughs> yes. whoa, dude. It's very unsettling. You're like, okay, <laughs> roid rage much? What the fuck? So Daryl has that exact reaction. <laughs> and you're like, should I leave? <laughs> and it's great because it fits. Like the jackal would be mad about losing his prisoners and getting attacked by the sons of Ares. But it fits even better when we learn that he, at that moment, has realized that Daryl is a red. and that, Or at least is with the Sons of Ares. Right. He knows at that moment. He knows like that Darrow brought in the people who right. took the prisoners. Exactly. And so that is really why he's slamming his head into the wall in that moment. And that just because shows you... Because he got fooled. How psychotic he is. And it's a very scary moment when you're like going back through and reading it. And you see why something like the triumph happens, you know. And then it's another moment where the jackal, just like when he got his hand stabbed, where he calms himself. And Darrow's like, okay, well, I should be going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so obvious. He's such a creepy little fucker. Yep. Just like the series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Prime 5 Part 4 is um, when he's calling to Lilith saying, like, drop these nukes. They got me. And and Darrow, with his dexterous, strong, <laughs> fast hell diver hands that we keep hearing about, he uh, reaches in and rips the jackal's tongue out. Oh, man. Cathartic moment. And Daryl's like, huh, finally. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, tongueless, you got a friend here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, what a great moment. And then you're like, well, hopefully mm. Lilith doesn't destroy the whole planet. It's just so satisfying as it's a like, fan kill him. to finally see that. And then like, what Daryl says is like, the only way to stop you is to actually just like, to you can't you talk up. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, okay, and then our n- number three moment on the Prime Five is the Abominatrius reveal. Hello, sister. 
doesn't he clap when he walks in? Or she hears like little boy feet or something. <laughs> well, there's like a door that opens. He's like got the razor of Selenius. And then he introduces himself to everybody. And you're just like, what the fuck? Hello, sister. Do your Adria's voice. It's so good. <laughs> Hello, sister. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a witch. <laughs> Hello, sister. <laughs> it was very resonant. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Prime five part two is not good for us, but good for him. I mean, it's a great villain moment. Right. We're doing ones that are bad for him and that are good for him. Yeah. Um, but it's the end of Golden Sun when he presents Darrow, who has been shot with a numbing dart again. The, again with the Trank. numbing darts. <laughs> it's a trank dart. The the body diddling dart. <laughs> he hits him with the trank. Um, well, rope pokes him, and then <laughs> this sounds oddly sexual. <laughs> um, and then uh, he walks up and shows the head of Fitchner inside the box that Darrow has been holding on his lap. Is that part more maddening, or is the part where he stabs Lauren more maddening? Because for me, it's the Lauren part. Well, it's the entire fucking part. It's but all of it. The fact that and it's... killing the grandkids. Uh, the fact that it's Adrius that kills Lauren Arcos. Well, Fisher's already God dead and his head is in the box. And obviously, Darrow's horrified. I just mean my man Lauren deserves such a better death than that. I agree. I'm just saying the reason that Lauren's death hurts more is because you're watching it. Right. We didn't watch Fitchner die. Yeah, that would have that would have sucked. Hopefully it was painless and he was popping bubble gums. <laughs> I mean, Cassius cut his head off, so but I'm sure that could be quick. Yeah, with a razor probably, yeah. <laughs> still popping your bubble gum. And you have like, like remember when people people used to say when you get beheaded you can still like see for like three or four seconds. Well or something? they actually no, they did a study where when people would get beheaded, the, someone was there in the basket and they would tell them before they got beheaded to try to blink three times and they're testing to see if your brain still worked. When were they doing that? Back when they were beheading people. <laughs> and there's a survey that they were keeping? Yeah, it was that? a survey and it was inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shitting you. I listened to a weird I'm podcast. I need some scientific research backing it that It was up. on Radiolab. Okay. okay. That's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty scientific. <laughs> okay. I'll accept it as like a half fact at this point. I would say it to someone else at a party. Most things I say are things <laughs> that I would only say to people at a party. <laughs> so maybe Fitzner, you know, maybe he blinked three times. Do you think he did? I think he popped some bubble gum. Yeah, one last time. <laughs> one last time. <laughs> Hamilton. Okay, uh, what's number one? Number one is Adrius cutting his hand off. I mean, this is just like it sums up the jackal. I'm kind of surprised he left his hand there and didn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> He's hungry for people. He left meat. too quickly. Daryl was probably like, hey, man. Hey, your hand. Yeah, you, you left this. Afternoon snack. <laughs> yeah, just to go back. Turkish delight <laughs> for you. We can get you a doggy bag. We'll get you all set. A jackal bag. A jackal bag. <laughs> for your little hand here. But yes, this just shows how fucking psychotic this dude Do is. You, could you cut your hand off? Hell no. What if you knew there was certain death if you didn't do like it? Like a 127 hours scenario. I'd never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Where the guy, yeah, he gets his hand. That one, I don't know, maybe. Do you, like, what that guy Didn't had to do. Didn't he cut his through, arm off? He cut his, like, fucking arm, like, right well, there. Yeah. He broke his arm first and then cut through it with, like, a fucking pocket knife. I could definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I'm just going to stab myself in the neck. <laughs> it would be tough. I don't know. Your survival instincts would kick in at that point, and I feel like you would try, but I'm I'm not sure. It would be really tough. I'm going to say that I'm a giant coward, and I would not <laughs> be able to do that. If, if James Franco told me to cut my hand off, I might. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just saying. That's a true story, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, that dude's like a famous guy. Anyway, 
the jackal cutting his hand off. This just like makes this character. It tells you so much about him. The lengths he's willing to go to win, to succeed, to get his way. It's just an incredible moment. And that moment specifically, I feel like, in Red Rising really is like the moment where the book like levels up. This time. is where you're like, oh, Pierce Brown is kind of crazy. Yeah, you get that oh shit moment because he's like cutting he's his own hand us off for a ride, and then he kills Pax, and you're just like, what is this book that I'm reading? Because this is not what I thought it was, and I think the whole series takes like a giant step up on that one single moment, and then from there it just keeps building on it, and he somehow keeps getting crazier and crazier from there, which is just fantastic for all of us. But I really feel like for me. In the original Red Rising, the jackal cutting his hand off is that moment where it like makes the series stand out to me. Yes. Makes it different. Great job, Jackal, for being a fucking weirdo <laughs> and for still being alive somehow. Such a creepy little son of a bitch. All right, let's move on to Prime or Pixie. Did Adrius survive the Hallerpod passage of in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Let's find out. But first... Let's hear from our listeners. All right. First up, we got Daniel, our ride or die. He's emailing <laughs> in every week. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Daniel. He says, Adrius Augustus, what a sneaky little shit. This is a man with the plan on top of a plan. Definitely one of my top favorite villains. He's up there with Ramsey Snow, Miles Hundred Lives from the Mistborn Era 2. Fun fact, that's what I'm into this week. Wow. Well, Synergy. Era one and Homelander. Dude, Homelander's like one of the best <gasps> villains in if so If you're long. not, we won't do spoilers, but if you're not caught up on the boys, better fucking catch up. <laughs> oh my God. Homelander is, he makes that entire show, I feel like. But that one scene, you know, where he does this? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm doing? I can see what you're doing. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so Daniel says, Adrius is the pinnacle of daddy issues. Dude had his brother killed, ate his housemates, enjoys torturing the fucking works. We love to hate him. He may even disturb us, but he's prime AF and here's why. He cut off his fucking hand. Can you imagine being willing to cut off one of your own limbs? We were just talking about this, Daniel. No, no, we could not. The answer is no. <laughs> he's able to outwit his enemies time and time again. He's still the perfect nemesis to Darrow. Yeah, he's pretty disturbing, but that is why he was so enjoyable to read. Though, honestly, if I had met someone like him in real life, I probably wouldn't hesitate to put him down. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Talking mad shit. He says, I still don't understand this cloning bit, though. The Abominadrius has his exact DNA, but isn't him. It's not his, I don't know, his soul, his essence. I trust in Brown, but I feel that this fucking freak is only there to fuck Severo's brain and for Pax to put down. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's Daniel's theory. So he says... um, that he misses Adrius. Well, we kind of have him. Anyways, he's compared to Atlas and Ajax, but he had a damn good run, so I'll give him Prime. Prime from Daniel. Nice. Thank you, Daniel, as always. Prime, huh? That's true. Interesting. Okay, I'll read the next one. This one is from Jeremy at Hail Reaper Pod. Hey, Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper Pod. <laughs> Wait, Hail Hail Reaper. <laughs> Did I do it right? <laughs> Jeremy says, Adrius displays many traits that aid your listeners in their decision as to whether he's prime or pixie. The jackal shows incredible drive and determination throughout the series. He'd sooner eat fellow house members than give up and quit a game. He even goes as far as to saw off his hand without crying like a bronzy to escape and live to fight another day. When Darrow is taken to the surface of Mars for the first time, he's asked by Dancer what he wants. His response to kill Nero. Adrius succeeds at this before Darrow can, hashing check marks on Darrow's to-do list by shooting Nero in the head. The Augustus twin goes on to create a dominant media empire, assume his late father's role as arch-governor of Mars, and begins posturing to become sovereign. Even when his death comes, Adrius faces his demise with the utmost poise and class. This is why the conclusion one can come to is that the Jackal of Mars is one prime badass so oh. prime 
from Jeremy at Hell Reaper Pod. Crimes. They also just they're doing an episode on the Jackal. I think that's already been released. Uh, so if you want to check that out, go check out Hell Reaper Pod. More Jackal content. Okay, let's hear from another howler. Stephanie wrote in. Stephanie says, I go back and forth on this one. Here's the case for Adrius being prime. He's diabolically cunning. At 10 years old, he's tricked his father into giving him money for the silver market and then used it to get his brother Claudius killed. I forgot that's how he got Claudius killed with his own daddy's money. Right. That's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> Super messed up. Uh, Stephanie says, sneaky ass murdering bitch. <laughs> Another example, the way he killed Leto. Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. The way he killed Quinn. Yeah. We didn't even mention that. Um, I don't think that makes him prime. That makes him a sociopath because he knows how to fake the right reactions to look like he cares as he's murdering someone. Uh, Stephanie says he's smart enough to fool people and knows how to plan ahead. When at his lowest after the Institute, he schemed his way to the top by buying the communications industry. He orchestrated the triumph. He stole nukes to threaten Octavia. Now, this is why he's a pixie. He does not take failure well. When Darrow proved Harmony right that he was a red and part of the Suns, Adrius began bashing his head. As a child, when Virginia solved his games, he would beat himself up. Let's not forget cannibalism. His father rigged the game for him to win anyway. Did he have to eat people? Gross. And just the fact that his father rigged the game for him to win? Pixie. Notice Nero didn't rig the game for his daughter because she's mature and wouldn't need to cheat to win. <laughs> when she makes a mistake, she owns up to it, like when she asks for Lyria's forgiveness. Speaking of Mustang, his own twin knew not to trust him. And when your own twin doesn't trust you, you've got problems. Lastly, he's a space racist. So the verdict, sociopathic pixie. <laughs> I love it. Not just pixie, <laughs> sociopathic pixie. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to the Instagram DMs for the next one. Do it. This one's from at Dan Relata. They say, low howler pod. Quick one today. Abominadrius said he want, he had wanted Pax to be his passage. Do you think he meant a fair fight like the Institute? If so, he'd be in for a baptism by fire. That's a good point. <laughs> he probably could not handle Pax one-on-one in like a passage fight. No, not without sneaky weapons. Right. He would probably cheat, let's be honest. He'd have one of Darrow's rings <laughs> that has a knife pop out of it. Abominadrius has tried to align his might with his mind this time around. Uh, and then he says, quick verdict, Adrius is a pixie. He had love offered to him by Mustang and even sort of Darrow, but was too obsessed with his father's approval to ever bother being decent. I wonder if Abominadrius will go... A different way by the end and then they say pierce loves star wars and abominadrius is referred to as the emperor like palpatine and it turned out that he literally was the senate controlling it behind the scenes palpatine was also quite fond of cloning himself please don't remind me of palpatine cloning himself wait you mean lightning bolt fingers get, yeah i'm gonna get irrationally angry again his on the name podcast. is lightning bolt fingers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> old emperor lightning bolt fingers Watching the new movie, I was like, oh, it's Lightning Bolt guy. I remember him. <laughs> Ben's like, I can't believe we're friends. Well, no. that's a gr Actually, that's the best point you've made about Star Wars. The fact that they would bring him back and say he's the overarching villain of the entire series. When you're like, his fucking Lightning Bolt Oh, it's finger. Lightning Bolt yeah, guy. You should know that guy's name. <laughs> if he's going to be the fucking huge baddie of the entire series. I don't want to get started Oh, God. Ben just got so <laughs> passionate. <laughs> Don't start banging your head against the wall. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have one more email. This is from Brianna. Brianna says, here to weigh in on why Adrius is prime. Possible hot take, but Octavia is not the main villain in the original Red Rising trilogy, Adrius is. If the main villain was Octavia, it would not have been as compelling nor ultimately as satisfying as satisfying a victory at the end uh, Darrow ripping out his tongue legend Adrius brought about a more personal level of emotional response from us as readers due to his close connection with Darrow and his relationship with Mustang 
He's a smart little shit lurking in the shadows who fucking planned a way to haunt his enemies from beyond the grave through the abomination. And lest we forget, he had Octavia in his pocket. Thank you, Brianna. Mm. That's like more primes than pixies from our listeners. Definitely. We also did an online poll on Instagram and it was 55% prime, 45% pixie. Wow. I was... Yep, I won't say which one I was. <laughs> Let's uh, go to our voicemail. All right, we've got a voicemail this week. It is from our New Jersey howler, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Howler Pod? It's Ryan from New Jersey again, representing the New York, New Jersey Legio Dracones. Uh, I want to make a huge shout out to Heather last week, who did a great job. And I'm super happy that she's going to Princeton, which is the finest Ivy League school that New Jersey can offer. So, Adrius. Adrius is prime. In the 2014 sci-fi movie Ex Machina, the main character, Caleb, is charged with conducting a Turing test. That is, whether or not he can prove if another being is an artificial intelligence or a real human. However, he is surprised to learn that the humanoid in question, Ava, does not hide the fact that she is an AI at all. She doesn't even look human. In that story, the real test is whether or not Caleb will forget that she's a robot because her ability to blend in as a human is still convincing. In Golden Sun, Darrow makes the decision early on to ally with Adrius L. Augustus. You could say his hand is forced, but he momentarily puts his trust in the Jackal. Just like the Turing test in Ex Machina, Pierce has told us that Adrius is the villain in the series. Hell, Darrow even tells us that. He knows what he's getting into, but proceeds anyway. Slowly, as the Jackal aids Darrow in war against the Bologna and the Sovereign, he appears to try to stop Quinn from dying. Darrow slowly forgets and begins to think that Adrius might be an ally. Just as the Jackal is hiding his true machinations when we first met him, he springs the trap on Darrow at the end. Adding insult to injury, Adrius tortures Darrow for half a year and cons himself into being the most powerful person in the solar system before Darrow manages to muster his allies and take him down. Nero's least favorite child isn't particularly strong for our goals, but he makes up for it with his other qualities. He's charismatic to the worst sort of people. He's capable of concealing his real ambition, holding all of his cards close to his chest. But most of all, he's a bitter survivalist who has no problem sinking the depths below anything his enemies would think. He is the perfect foil for Virginia. They're both intelligent, but where Mustang believes in humanity's good and building a better society, Adrius believes in nothing. His only motive is making his father pay for not loving him. The society, House Augustus, the Sons of Ares, and the Bone Riders are all pawns to make the entire system suffer for his grudge against the Arch Imperator. I give him prime because during his first, the first trilogy, He brought everyone to their knees, even Octavia. For casting, I would go with an absolute nobody. His introduction in Red Rising only works if we view him as an utterly disregardable student in House Jupiter that's willing to surrender to Dara rather than put up a fight. I'm not going to talk about the abomination. Even though he did shed some light on the Jackal's upbringing, he's just not the same person. Uh, Look out for Mars this week, everybody. It's very visible. Uh, Love the pod. Hit Sunt Leonis. Yes, Mars. Look for that little red dot in the sky. What an excellent voicemail, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. And man, I I'm su- I guess yeah, I'm surprised everyone is so prime on Adrius. I really came into this episode like really up in the air. I'm well, juggling. I don't we, know what to do. We've pick. talked about this before. Um what does prime and pixie mean? It's true. Does pixie mean just what they mean in the books as in like an indulgent gold who just drinks and doesn't have any responsibility and mm-hmm. flies around drunk on their grab boots is that a pixie or is a pixie someone you hate it can be whatever you want it to be okay i'll uh try to make the case for and play devil's advocate <laughs> literally the devil um so he uh outsmarts everybody except for his sister but he outsmarts his outsmarts his dad when he's ten, and then over and over again he continues to um, outsmart Nero, who's the ruler of Mars. He also um, cuts his fucking hand off, as we've mentioned. He 
would have probably won the Institute if it weren't for Darrow, who was a total, like, you know, what's it called? Wrench. Monkey <laughs> wrench. <laughs> he can keep his cool long enough to manipulate everybody, take control of the communications. He keeps almost winning, and the only one stopping him is the hero of the book series, mm -hmm. which shows that he is a very powerful contender in this war for power. And he even takes Octavia's reins and he has control over her. And she's the fucking baddiest baddie. That's true. You know, she's the sovereign right. who's lived way too long. He's so totally got her by the balls. By her balls. So that is why the jackal um, could be voted prime. Ben, what's the case against? The case against would be that this man, he's ruined by his own hubris. He's ruined by his own need for control and domination. He's unable to control himself like any iron gold would be. He can't control his need for revenge, his need for control, his need to show that he is the best and the smartest. And the fact that he can't control his need for all those things ultimately leads to his demise. Therefore, <laughs> he is a pixie. All right. Well, I almost convinced myself. <laughs> But because this is partially my podcast, <laughs> I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And I don't like him. So he's a pixie. <laughs> ben, what do you vote? Okay. I understand the prime arguments. And I agree with lo a lot of them. I really like Ryan's argument. I really like Jeremy's argument. Uh, I mean, this guy, he is a titan. He really is. He's formidable. He's smart. Sneaky. He plays the long game. He, you know, has a flair for the dramatic, which I really appreciate. You're very dramatic. I am. And, but at the end of the day, his inability to control himself and control his need for domination. And especially the for abomination, <laughs> and especially like how hung up he is on people like Darrow, people like his dad, people like Mustang. I think that makes him just incredibly weak, and ultimately, just be your own person, a pixie. Be your own person. Love exactly. yourself. Love yourself, bro. You can't. Others won't love you until you love yourself. Exactly. You never gave Nero a chance to love you because you love never yourself loved first. yourself. Love yourself. Jackal. Be yourself. We all learned something here today. Be yourself. Thank you, Jackal. That's Thank it. You. He's a pixie. Boom. Howler Pod. Hot take. We don't care what the listeners think. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. We care what you think. We really do. We care a lot. We, we just, just fuck the Jackal, though. Yeah, just fuck the Jackal. He's a pixie. Okay. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, you go first. Okay. So uh, this is like a little meat cute. Daniel brought up the Mistborn series. That's what I'm into this week. Wow. Daniel are and I are vibing. Um, so I am listening to the audiobook. I originally read this book um, like 10 years ago. Um, and it, I just I remember it being really good. It, it's called Mistborn, The Final Empire. It's by Brandon Sanderson. It's the first book in um, a series. And there's like... There's like a trilogy and then there's like another trilogy and then there's like more books coming out. Anyways, I don't really know what's happening. I've only read the first book. I just finished it and I, I had read it before and I just remember it's fucking amazing. And like sometimes Brandon Sanderson books, I think, are too long winded. But this one's actually pretty action packed and quick. And I it's one of my favorite books that he's written. Um, and I'm really excited to actually finish the trilogy this time. I think the first time I read it, the other ones weren't out yet, mm, mm -hmm. which would mean I read it in high school. Yes, I did. Cause I'm old. 
All right. <laughs> long time ago. A long but time quick, ago. But uh, quick, just it's a the audiobook's really good. This is the first time listening to the audiobook. And um, it's like true fantasy. It's about people who they're alamancers. They can uh, get powers from like ingesting metals. And there's yeah. like a bunch of different types. And um, there's kind of two protagonists. So that's cool. Um, no spoilers. You should read it. It's fucking awesome. Great. Ben, what are you into this week? I'm into some music this week. I've recommended this band before. You have. They have a new album out now. Ooh. So I'm recommending them again. They're called The Nude Party. Like as in the Apollonius. N- <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Naked Good Time, I guess. Apollonius's Party. Right. Uh, and they have a new album out. It's called Midnight Manor. And it's fantastic, as good as their first album. And I love these dudes. Have seen them live. They're a fantastic band. You've met the lead singer. Met the whole band. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They're cool guys. Ben met them, by the way, while I was inside holding the table. (laughs) Like a little bitch. (laughs) I hate my life. You know. Um, Anyway, great band. Cool dudes. Support cool dudes playing music. And maybe we'll all be able to see a live show again someday when they come to your town. Go see them. It's worth it. They're a great time. All right. What's coming up next, Ben, on HowlerPod? Telemonus! That was good. You got like the the body (laughs) shake. The Telemonus family. We're doing the entire family. We're going to need a bigger room. (laughs) They're not going to fit in here. Too many Telemonuses for this room. That's going to be Kavix ah. or Kavax or Kavox. I don't know however oh you want to say it. It's going to be. Don't get mad at us. Niobe. It's going to be Thraxa. It's going to be Original Pax. OG yes. Pax. Sophocles. There'll be some Sophocles talk. Uh, we have to eat jelly beans the whole episode. And Daxo, obviously. Aw, Daxo. Aw, <laughs> Daxo. <laughs> I'm going to get my head shaved and get <laughs> some angels tattooed on All it. All right. You got to do that by... Is it angels or wings? It's angels, I believe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How sick is that? <laughs> Dude, everyone at work is going to be like, what the fuck <laughs> happened to Aaron? I'm going to be like, Telemontis. <laughs> You're like, it's Telemontis week, dude. Sorry about it. Had to do it. All right. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us at howlerpod at gmail.com. Hey, how about you call us? 1-800-516-1540 and scream Telemannus. <laughs> like, that's all we would like you to do, please. I uh, want to play like 40 <laughs> voicemails of people just screaming Telemannus. That'd be so epic. We could make like a mix. <laughs> yeah. Find links to all this at HowlerPod.com. Tell a friend about the book. Spread the word. Spread joy in this dark time. Rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will make you carry us to Cherm and be our mommies. (laughs) (laughs) And we are terrible. And you're not going to enjoy that pregnancy. (laughs) All right. Thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching the characters and their historical connections. And thank you, as always, to Miles, the amazing artist who makes our weekly episode art. He's got an especially creepy one for the jackal this week. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Howlers. Omnis Vir Lupus. Ow.